So, I hope you had an amazing eclipse. We are a day after the eclipse. Pretty intense uh, period in life in general. Um, but um, it is a period of a lot of change. I think that we mentioned it quite a lot here that from June, uh, sorry, March of this year, 2023, uh, all the way up until let's say, end of November of next year, we are having the Pluto transition back and forth uh, into um, uh, Aquarius from Capricorn. And what's happening is a big, let's say, you can say transformation maybe from the past into the future. It's as if we have this capacity right now in the next year uh, plus to take things that we have accomplished in the past, things that we have collected in the past, and bring them into the future, like transition them into the future. And every one of the zodiac sign has a different, let's say, mission. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, uh, I think that most of you have got it already, so thank you very much, the astrology of 2024. The way I, um, and it's available since uh, Friday. There's hard copies, there's soft copies, there is electronic copies, so there are binary copies, there are thick copies, and there are thin copies. It's very, very uh, all-inclusive. Wait a sec, I have to close the door. That's it. Sorry, I'm changing places, so you know how they say change place, you change your luck. Um, so anyway, there is this transition that's happening in the next two years, that uh, next year and a half or year at least, from the past Capricorn into the future. And every one of the Zodiac tribe has a different, let's say, mission. That's why in the book I call it the mission, not impossible for each one of the signs, to carry Pluto from one place to the other, from the past into the future, which is an interesting thing. Remember, imagine it would have been the opposite from the future future to the past, it would have been more confusing. At least we are going with the flow of Lord time. And for example, Aries have to really shift their focus towards creating communities, people, groups, working with governments, organization. Again, Pluto is power. So when Pluto is moving from one side to the, uh, to the other, it's like we're changing power. It's a change of regime in a sense. And don't forget that Pluto is located at the furthest uh, border of the solar system. Therefore, it represents the boundaries, pushing beyond the boundaries. And that also is the fence, if you think about it. It's the wall that surrounds the solar system that is, I'm not say protecting, but it's defining, at least for now, the size or the territory of the solar system. So, for example, Aries have to focus, like we said, or let's make it clear. Every one of the zodiac signs have a mission in 2000. 24. And that mission is described by Pluto, the Lord of Power, the Lord of Transformation. I like to see him as the self-begotten phoenix that rises out of the ashes every 500 years, which is kind of interesting because it's uh, two cycles of Saturn, of Pluto. Pluto is 250 years. So Aries have to focus their energy much more on communities, people, groups, organizations, nonprofit. Taurus have to focus much more on transforming their career completely, changing the way they are perceived by other people and what is their mission in life. 
Gemini have to focus much more on truth, which is kind of interesting because Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the god of liars and thieves. So we have that all Gemini. And again, Gemini, it's not only the people who are Gemini, but the archetype of Gemini, which is communication, media. It's funny enough. Pluto is telling them enough misinformation and enough disinformation. For example, right after the situation in Gaza, uh, there were 500 million posts on Instagram, Twitter. They found out that one-fourth of them were lies, bots, uh, accounts that don't really exist. So Gemini, the binary, the, the ruler of information, is going through. Pluto is pushing him towards the house of truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, as well as traveling foreign cultures, foreign traditions, education. So for Gemini, it's very important now to educate and to travel uh, with themselves. Then Cancer is moving into the energy of sexuality, passion, transformation. From a doula of death, Cap Cancer is moving into a doula of uh, death. So it's interesting how cancer that is the sign that has to do a lot with birthing, mothering, and giving suddenly is being thrown into the underworld and said, okay, now you have to help us die and resurrect. Now you have to go to the realm of transformation. And so cancer will have to deal a lot with other people's money, other people's talents, their passion, sexuality. For Leo, it's a transition into partnerships, everything that has to do with relationship, partnership, marriage, engagement, and also dealing with enemies, because that's also part of the uh, archetype that now Pluto is pushing Leos into. And Leos do not like people who betray them. So if you're around Leo, make sure they don't think you betray them and don't betray them. For Virgo, it's really interesting because all Virgos are supposed to focus much more in the next 20 years, because we're talking about Pluto being Aquarius for 20 years, in the house that is actually what they represent. Diet, health, nutrition, everything that has to do with uh, serving people. So it's really interesting that the universe decided that during this very trying time, we have to give power, Pluto, to Virgo in the realm that they represent. They need extra help to be the Mary Poppins that deliver us uh, in this trial uh, time. For Libra, it's all about children, happiness, creativity, love. This is a great time for Libras to have kids, kids of the mind, kids of the groins, kids of the womb. Anything that has to do with creativity and happiness and love. Libras have to learn how to be more focused on love. Then you have Scorpio. Scorpio is all about home and family. Everything has to do with real estate, home, family, getting pregnant, nurturing, uh, real estate, uh, and also the sense of security. Now, it's kind of interesting. We're giving Pluto the sign of security, rulership over in the next 20 years, security. So it's kind of interesting. Also, it means that the stock, the, the market, the real estate market is going to go through a lot of ups and downs. Then Sagittarius have to focus on communication, building bridges, uh, everything that has to do with writing, marketing, sales, networking, finding their message. For Capricorn, it's about their talents, money, self-worth, everything that has to do with values. So it's kind of interesting that Capricorn that rules tradition, conservative energy is going to be in charge of their values. Maybe that's what's even happening right now with the conservative parties around the world, that a lot of them fall, fall into uh, populism. Uh, a lot of them are dysfunctional, like the, what's happening now in the United States in the Congress, that you see that the Republican that represents much more the Capricornian aspect of the United States can't make up their mind and can't uh, govern basically then you have Aquarius which is going to have all of their life upended in a sense because for Pluto being in Aquarius it means that Aquarius is going through a major transformation and for Pisces interestingly enough it's all about mysticism intuition 
um, past lifetimes, imagination, which are precisely the things that Pisces rule. So it's also interesting that Pluto is pushing Pisces to become even more mystical, more intuitive, more connection to other dimension and bringing gifts from past lifetimes. Because that's probably what every sign, uh, every tribe has to contribute to the world right now in order for the world to be a better, safer place, which is definitely something we need when Pluto, the Lord of Death and Transformation, is moving into Aquarius, and Aquarius is the sign of humanity. So that's a little uh, explanation of how the book works and why I made it uh, like a manual, uh, like a flight manual. That's why it's called a, a Cosmic Navigator Guide to Piloting the Once and Future Year. Once is the Capricorn, future is Aquarius. So again, if you got the book, please uh, leave a, a review on Amazon. That would really, really be helpful. So let's first of all start with uh, what's happening this this week, just to make sure that we are um, on the what screen sharing. Let's let me see if I can share my screen. It's uh, I can share the screen. Yes, but it doesn't let me share the screen that I want. So let's try it again. And again, the eclipse season started. And uh, that's why between now to the 28th, it's going to be very, very tricky time. Uh, that's going to be uh, probably one of the hardest times of uh, the year. So really take your time and really be a little bit more uh, tr careful than normal. Uh, just the next two weeks, we are in eclipse seasons, and that is, like I said, uh, the time where there's everything is quickened. So whatever started before, which is, for example, uh, everything that is going on right now, uh, for example, in Israel and in Gaza, it's just going to the next level. It's taking itself to the next level, basically. So uh, we have to really be aware that right now it is a very intense period in your personal life, in uh, <laughs> In general but again this too shall pass the only problem that we're having right now is that uh, internationally we are very very sensitive what I'm feeling right now from uh, the planet is a lot of uncertainty it's almost as if we are now in a certain kind of uh, junction in a way we are in a in a certain junction that it can turn any way that any moment it can go some it can go south it can go north it can go east it could go west it's almost as if we are really stuck right now in a period where it is a, a monumental junction let's say uh, i feel that there is a lot of tension uh, that's going to build up also in taiwan especially because saturn in pisces which started again this year in march and it's going to be there until uh, february of 2026 has to do with wars that have around water, water sources, islands. And when I checked, every time Saturn was in Aquarius, I also wrote it in the book, there were some issues in uh, uh, between Taiwan and China. So there's definitely a lot of movement happening right now. Also, I think you guys know that Russia declared officially that they are supporting Hamas and they think that what's going on there is totally reasonable. So um, there's almost as if the world is, is making its kind of stand, you know, the flight carriers coming to um, and the destroyers coming to the eastern Mediterranean, which is in front of Lebanon and Israel. Everything is kind of getting very, very serious. My concern is that one little mistake, one misunderstanding can create a, a whole flaring up of the situation again because of Pluto in 
uh, Aquarius. And when I checked Pluto in Aquarius, remember we talked about how it was there also when the temple in Jerusalem fell, the second temple, the temple of Herod, and how the Romans basically extinguished the great revolt of the Jews that started 66 CE, ended in 70 CE when the temple was burned and destroyed. So, at that time, I, uh, one of the biggest issues uh, that it started a chain of other revolts that went all the way up until 115, 17 CE. So it's about 50 years of revolting, revolting uh, the Jews revolting against the Romans, both in Israel and also then again in Alexandria and in, in Cyprus. It kind of spread all over. But anyway, at that time, the Roman empires were fighting the Phrygians, where basically the, where the Iran is today. So even there, somehow the, the campaign of the Romans in Jerusalem prevented them from getting completely resolved the situation, the, the empire that uh, right now Iran is, like the forefathers of Iran, you can say. So it's kind of interesting how it's all repeating itself in that sense. So today, Sunday, we still have uh, the moon on the border between Pisces and, uh, sorry, between Libra and um, Scorpio. So let's look at the week ahead, day by day. We have a October 15, Sunday. Today, the moon is on the border between Libra and Scorpio. The moon is moving off, over Mars. You might feel an instinct to fight, to uh, uh, retweet, uh, to send a message. Really be aware. Again, I know that some of you guys are getting a lot of information from social media. It's very convenient, but it's not necessarily um, the best for you. So really try to be careful with the information right now, especially on Twitter uh, or X, whatever they call it. Um, there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So again, especially with the moon on top of Mars today, tomorrow, it makes us feel like an instinct to fight. I just want to fight. I don't care what you said. So just be a little bit careful. Now, remember, we talked about how from July this year until uh, January of 2025, we have the south node in Libra and the north node in Aries. North node represents what we need to do, what we need to focus on, what we need to learn for the future. Aries is I am, very tribal, all about war asserting myself so that's the energy we have now for the next year and a half the uh, the rising of the flag of the the banner of war everywhere everybody's putting on their legions right the movement of uh, i am a very tarzan kind of the south node which is what we need to get rid of and let go of is actually in libra which is unfortunate right now because libra is peace so what we're having is a situation where people are eager to fight eager to go to war. Again, not only because of what's happening in Israel, I'm talking about uh, you in your personal life. Of course, everything is reflected outward. I've always said, as within, so without. If we have conflicts within ourselves, we're going to have conflict outside. If we have terrorizing thoughts inside, we'll have terrorists outside, whether it's ISIS or Hamas or whatever. So the idea is that you have to really be careful right now from unnecessary wars, again, because the South Node is in Libra, Libra is diplomacy and peace, and when the South Node is there, it's almost as if it's undermined. It's almost like, no, 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 go away. We talk too much about peace, too much about the diplomacy. Now it's time for war, Aries, and action. Well, according to the universe, it is a time of action, but it's also a time of identity, and you cannot fight unless you know who you are. So the whole idea of the archetype of Aries, yes, Aries is war. It's ruled by Mars, the god of war, the god of action. But wait, it's not only about war, because war came way later in human evolution. First of all was the assertion, 
uh, I, uh, my name, uh, my troop, uh, the, the, the other hominin that I'm um, uh, grooming, whatever. You know, the whole thing is that first you have to know who you are before you go out fighting for something. So the whole idea of Aries is not necessarily to send everybody to war, but to send everybody to find what um, in Sufism, for example, they call inner jihad, a jihad that goes inside of you to clear yourself from any kind of negativity. So, yes, the South Node in Libra means that we are more prone to war. We are more warmongering in a sense. So we have to really be careful about it. Now, because we are now in Libra, it's even worse because Libra is the sign of peace, but we cannot access peace because the south node is sitting on top of the sun, on top of the moon in Libra, and we just had a south node solar eclipse, which was an annual one, which basically means the ring of fire. We talked about it. So the ring of fire was in the south node. So it was showing to all of us what we need to unlearn. So maybe Hamas needs to unlearn terrorism. Um, maybe Israel has to learn unlearn a collective punishment. Whatever it is that we need to learn on a personal level or social level, this is the time that this eclipse started. It started an unlearning process. Remember how Yoda told Luke Skywalker, you must unlearn what you have learned. And it sounds kind of stupid or some kind of oxymoron or not really clear, but that really is what we need to do right now. So uh, tomorrow on uh, October 16, Monday, the day of the moon, uh, what? It moved in a month. Sorry. I'm so eager to move forward that I moved one month instead of one day. Yes, October 16, the moon is in Scorpio on top of Mars. There's an instinct about fighting wars on Monday. Maybe tomorrow there will be the great invasion uh, to Gaza that they're uh, uh, promising. Because tomorrow the instinct, the, uh, uh, the idea of like the, the immediate push is towards uh, Scorpio, which is death and transformation on top of Mars, the god of war. And it is very close to the south node. So it's not an easy uh, day tomorrow. I don't know what you're planning for, but just be careful. A, the moon is opposite to, opposite to Jupiter. We kill and then we cry. We kill and then we feel terrible remorse. We kill and then we hate ourselves for being so violent. You know, that's going to be the moon opposite to Jupiter because the moon opposite of Jupiter is overdoing, smothering too much, but the moon is fallen. So it's like not only she's overdoing, but she's overdoing her fall. So instead of falling three feet, she's falling 300 feet. You know, it's like the fallen angel. So there is some negativity going on there tomorrow because of A, overdoing, overfeeling, over emotions and they're governed and they're also uh, linked to Mars being in Scorpio and Mars loves being in Scorpio and that makes Mars much stronger. The good news is that Mars is controlled by Saturn at least uh, another day or two. It has been so even though you think uh, you've seen atrocities, it was almost like as if it was restrained because Saturn, the Lord Karma, was still sending a trine to Mars. That trine is over Monday, Tuesday, and the restraint of Mars is going to be off. So you'll see much more action going on. And especially because Mars is getting closer and closer to a trine to Vesta, which is the very traditional planet. It's the keeper of the hearth, the keeper of the flame. So I think it can trigger a lot of emotions. Let's say, uh, if we're talking about the situation in the Middle East, things that have to do with our tradition, whether it's Judaism, whether it's uh, Islam, whether it's Sunni, whether it's Shiite. Because, you know, one of the things that I've noticed that's happening with Pluto in Aquarius, Aquarius in astrology and alchemy is associated with assimilation. That's 
That's one of the reasons why Gen Zs that are very Aquarian don't see color. They're colorblind, most of them. Uh, they're completely accepting any kind of a deviation from the normal, whether it's transgender, um, whether men are supposed to put uh, nail polish, you know, whether um, men can wear pink and so forth. So the whole idea is that the age of Aquarius represented by Gen Z is a time where there is assimilation, meaning that masculine and feminine mix together. And now you see it even in the conflict with Gaza, you have basically Hamas that are... Um, Sunnis that are being supported by Shiites, that it's all mixing up right now. It's almost as if it's not really clear who's conservative, who's not conservative. The Republicans are actually not behaving like fiscal conservatives or or people who are pro-army. The Democrats are behaving in a, in a different way, in, in their own way. It's almost as if everything is mixed together, and yet it's not really a beautiful dough that you can make cookies with, maybe because I'm a cookie monster I'm projecting. It's kind of a Something not really clear. The butter is a little bit here and there's pieces of uh, flour there and it's not mixing very well, you know. So that's part of the issue of Pluto in Aquarius. It's trying to assimilate things and put things together, but there is still resistance because of the I am of Aries because the butter is saying, I am butter. No, you're not. You're supposed to be dough. And then the flour is saying, I am flour. No, you're not. You're supposed to be part of the dough and the water is not trying, it's trying not to mix with the, you know, you know what I'm trying to do. It's basically a big mess. So, the idea is that especially tomorrow with that sun, uh, sorry, with, yeah, with that sun opposite to Chiron, with that Mars and moon opposite to Jupiter, to be extra careful. Um, we do have that beautiful trine between uh, Vesta and uh, Mars, which can really help, Vesta and the moon that can help tomorrow. Therefore, we can have some salvation from women. So if women can be more important in your life tomorrow, that will help us a lot. Next day is October 17. On October 17, the moon is still in Scorpio. The moon is still fallen. Fallen moon means that it's very hard for us to access our emotion. And at the same time, Venus is also fallen. Uh, Venus is in Virgo. She doesn't like to be in Virgo. It's like asking uh, the, the supermodel to go into the monastery and wear the same clothes, no makeup, no high heel, and she has to eat the stuff that the nuns eat. It makes them a little bit more plump, you know. So definitely she's not very happy about uh, that. The good news is that she's moving away from the black moon. We talked about how the black moon was very, very dominant in the last uh, few months, but definitely in the last... Um, few weeks we'll talk about it maybe a little bit more in the few in the in the in the later on but we have a fallen day on tuesday meaning that a lot of the planets are not having the best time uh, or not located in the most auspicious place for them that will change around Wednesday, but on Tuesday still, there is a little bit more emotionality. There's a little bit more vengeance. You know, the moon in Scorpio, Mars in Scorpio, it's very, I'm very concerned with that because it builds vengeance and it's based on vengeance. I mean, Mars, eh, a lot of time in Scorpio talks about, you know, Scorpios don't forgive. And for, maybe they can forgive, but they don't forget. Okay, and Mars in Scorpio definitely does not forget aggression, whether it's on the Israeli side, whether it's on the Hamas or the Palestinian side. So there is definitely the the Lord Ven the Lord of Vengeance is gonna be very dominant in the next month, as long month and more month month and a half, as long as Mars is in Scorpio. 
The moon is Scorpio, it brings it even more intensely. Because remember, the moon in the transits, whenever it's moving, because it takes the moon every two and a half days, it moves a sign. It's an activator of uh, planets. So if there is something going on in the background, what the moon does, it's like that, um, uh, you know, that option that you can bring a, a layer to the front instead of going to the back. So it brings things to the front, the moon. So the moon can really pinpoint or, or put a finger on a process that might have been happening behind the scenes and it's coming into the front. So on Tuesday, a lot of emotional things are coming to the front. And again, the moon is going to be on Monday opposite to Jupiter. On Tuesday, it's going to be opposite to Uranus. That's why Monday and Tuesday are very unstable days where there's a lot of unpredictability, especially Tuesday. Watch the news. Not the social media, but the news, if you can. I'm not talking about Fox News, of course, or if you're in Israel, Channel 14. I'm talking about um, media that actually have researchers or have uh, investigators. They're still out there. Uh, and definitely support them, if you can. But anyway, the, oppos the moon opposite to Uranus is unpredictability. And because the moon is in um, Scorpio, which is fallen, it's unpredictable fall. So just watch where you're walking, uh, metaphysically, metaphorically, uh, always. Now, there is a getting, no, it's actually not getting stronger. If we look at uh, October 18, October 18, the moon is shifting energy into Sagittarius. And the moon in Sagittarius is more about traveling foreign cultures, foreign traditions, higher education, truth, philosophy, everything that has to do with expanding your mind. So that's a good thing. The only problem with Wednesday, I'm sorry, there's problems this week. Um, I thought Wednesday was already going to be nice. But Wednesday, we have a square between the moon and Venus. It's going to be more difficult for women or for artists. There could be some writer blocks. Uh, there could be just a general feeling as if I'm not satisfied or some wanting to change my partner. Suddenly, uh, I don't like the way my partner is putting on their hat or the way they left the bathroom. There's a lot of criticism. So be careful. There's an instinct to criticize first and then say, oh, wait, I, it's actually I did it. So be a little bit careful. And also the moon is squaring the black moon. And that's never good news. It just could mean a lot of jealousy, abuse, um, misunderstanding, especially emotional misunderstanding. And if you notice this week, we're missing a lot of the trines. Trines basically means help. We're missing help. There is a little bit uh, of a feeling of being abandoned in a sense. Uh, that being said, Moon in Sagittarius, if you need to travel, if you need to connect to education, mass media, publishing, writing, this is actually a good time for that. October 19, uh, the Moon is squaring, uh, sorry, the Moon is trining, uh, sextiling the Sun. So let's start again. October 19, it's a Thursday. We have the Moon sextiling, which is a little door opening and closing to the sun. So Thursday, you can achieve things. You can actually make things happen because also there's a little door closing, uh, opening and closing with Mercury. So the moon and sextiling Mercury and the sun, Mercury and the sun are conjuncting uh, on that day. It is actually the most important aspect of the year. You can say, it, sorry, of the week, you can say it starts already in Wednesday, but on Thursday, there's going to be a lot of understanding of what's going on. So even again, I'm sorry that I'm always bringing it back to the um, conflict in the Middle East because I have a feeling that that conflict in the Middle East has nothing to do only with Hamas and Israel or Palestine and Israel or Jews and Arabs. It has to do with the whole world because, like I told you, Putin is involved. Um, I think that there is, of course, Iran is involved. America is involved. China is involved. There's going to be some issues also in India. So what I'm saying is that we are in a very 
fluctuating time. So just to be extra careful with um, everything that you are and everything that you're doing. There is good news because the sun on top of Mercury is clarity. So what I'm saying is that around Thursday, we can have more clarity about where we're going with the situation over there. It also is a good time to start conversations or maybe try to open some corridor for humanitarian work. That's going to be much more on Thursday. And in your personal life, this is a great time for messages, communication, marketing, sales, networking, uh, Mercury on top of the sun is it happens. It doesn't happen all the time because Mercury goes back and forth. But remember, Mercury was in uh, Libra for a while uh, and in Virgo for a while because of the retrogrades. But right now, on the Mercury on top of the sun in Thursday gives you intellectual clarity and it makes you a good messenger. You'll see that on Thursday, somebody's going to ask you something that has to do with a message. Uh, do you know where uh, the entrance to the highway is? That could be something like that. Okay, sorry, you're not going to be as exciting a messenger, but still, somebody might ask you for advice. Somebody might ask you to carry something from one place to the other. There is some element around you that is making you an agent, a messenger, or as a messenger is called in the Bible, an angel. In October 20th is a Friday. We are still having that conjunction of uh, Mar the Sun and Mercury. So maybe there's going to be some hope for some clarity or some good news uh, around that time. Again, we have some uh, interesting connections that are starting to form. They're only uh, applying. Applying is uh, the aspect is getting ready to be uh, manifested. And that's between Saturn and the Sun, Saturn and Mercury, uh, which is going to be very good for us. That's going to happen more next week. Uh, but... What's happening on um, Friday, the sun on top of Mercury in Libra is a very good day for dates, if you're thinking about it, uh, for music, design, colors, art. Just be careful because Mercury is going to be opposite to Uranus. You might be a tiny bit more crazy than normal. Uh, basically, what it means is that you have um, ingenious ideas, but also a little bit of instability, too much need for freedom. So just be careful how you communicate, how you text, how you write. You might fe be, feel or experience more humor around you at that time. But because on Friday the moon is in Capricorn, the moon is exiled in Capricorn, it might be a little bit more draining emotionally. And that's going to be uh, also on Saturday. But what's happening on Saturday, we're getting a little help. Uh, because on Saturday, we have a trine forming between the moon, Jupiter, Uranus, and Pluto. It happens about once a month now when the moon is moving into, um, or actually, it actually can happen even more. Um, because when the moon is going to be in Capricorn, sitting on top of Pluto, which we talked about so much, we're going to get a boost of Earth energy in Saturday. So on Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have... Uh, five planets in Earth, which is a lot. Remember, we have four elements. Each one should have 25%. 50% in this weekend, coming weekend, is going to be in Earth. So it's going to be a lot of um, a connection to the Earth. What is my Earth? What is your Earth? Which, of course, is a big deal right now in the Middle East. And also, in general or in personal life, it's much more about connection to finance, being um, a much more associated with your talents, with your abilities, something kind of positive could happen in relation to finance in your personal life, also with art, also with sensuality and the five senses. It's going to be, again, a more strong on Saturday. And then on Sunday, October 22nd, uh, we're going to have the sun, uh, no, Mercury, sorry, moving into Scorpio. 
And Mercury moving into Scorpio makes everything more secretive. So Mercury was in Libra. Everything was talked about. Now that Mercury is moving into Scorpio for three weeks or so, we're going to have a little bit more secrecy, more connection to investigation, research. So if you need to do any kind of research, if you need to uh, focus on um, uh, communicating your intimacy or your emotional that's going to be very strong. It's also a great time for healing, especially therapy. So that would be great. And um, again, it's just that this week we're not getting as much help as usually when we have more planets that are affecting us in a good way. And next Sunday also could be a little bit more intense because the moon is going to be on top of Pluto and people will have a more easy time being more manipulative or more abusive even. And again, in the context of the war, next Sunday can be problematic. So um, what I wanted to do today also is, because I had a lot of uh, questions about what we talked uh, before uh, last week. Uh, last week we did talk about what's going on in the Middle East because it was very much uh, just starting uh, then. I wanted to go over some of the stuff that I mentioned because um, it is actually pretty prevalent uh, right now. And what I did this time is just make it more organized because last time I was just thinking about all of these things. And right now, of course, certain things happen and unfolded. But I really wanted to understand what kind of cycles converged or connected in order to or to describe what's going on right now in the Middle East. But saying what's going on right now in the Middle East, it's kind of ridiculous because it's been going on for about 200,000 years since the Homo sapiens and the Neanderthal uh, passed through that land on the way to the rest of the world. So what's going on in the Middle East has been going on for a long, long time. And we talked about it last time. We're talking about an area that is kind of squished between three tectonic plates. And I believe that the earth is communicating through us. So it is the earth speaking right now uh, because uh, she doesn't have a mouth. She has us as a mouthpiece. So the first cycle that is happening now in the Middle East, which is very crucial, I mentioned it in the book of 2023. I mentioned it also in the book of 2024. Um, 1994 is the Saturn return of what's going on in 2023. 1995 is the Saturn return of what's going on in 2024. So you can go back to 1994, 95 in your personal life, see whatever was going on there. Saturn return, basically, it's like a string theory. You're back to that same place. Of course, you're different because you went through all of this process. But right now, instead of looking at it linearly, we're connecting the, the, uh, the two edges of the string and you're suddenly uh, being able to see yourself in 1994. So there's a very strong connection to 93 and 94, 95 to what's going on 2003, 2004, even 2005. So 1994, under the terms of the Oslo Accord signed between Israel and the PLO, the um, later assumed control over the Jericho area in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip on the 17th of May, 1994. That was also the year that the Jordan Peace Treaty was signed uh, with Israel. So again, 1994 is, you can say, the inciting incident of what's going on right now. That's basically the Palestinians getting control over the Gaza, not Hamas, but the Palestinians. And you can say the first time in history that the Palestinians are getting an actual territory to rule. This is ours. People are not going to take us out of here. Okay, so that's 1994. And 
They made it happen on the 17th of May, which is a terrible idea. I don't know why uh, people don't use astrologers. They're already they're out there. I'm not trying to promote myself. You don't have to use me. Don't use me. Use anybody else. But come on. You have a place called Israel that was born in May 14, making it a Taurus. Taurus is a fixed earth sign. Uh, the whole conflict there is about earth. This is promised land to this son of Abraham, a promised land to that son of Abraham. Who's Abraham? Abraham never existed. Never mind. But the whole idea is that it's all about conversations of lands and you make Making two, two nations with like a limited amount. It's like New Jersey size of a place. And they're both fixed Tauruses colliding with each other. So that's one of the biggest mistakes in history. A, making Israel even a Taurus. B, even because Israel is a Taurus, making Palestine another Taurus. Very bad idea. So anyway, that's the origin of a lot of things that are happening right now because the Saturn return is always the origin of what you're going through. So if you want to understand what's going on with your life right now, you had a child, oh, you moved to a different country, you got really sick, you got divorced, you got married, you're super happy. Whatever it is, the source of it, the root of it is 27 to 30 years ago, usually 28, 29 years ago. So that's why I want you to look at what's going on uh, in the Middle East, regardless if you are from there or if you have any affinity, because it just shows you how these patterns repeat themselves. 1995, Rabin is assassinated uh, by Igal Amir. Igal Amir is worshipped by a lot of the people that are actually now in the government in Israel, funny enough or, or sad enough. Um, but because Rabin was assassinated, it gave, it gave actually rise to um, Netanyahu. Bibi Netanyahu was riding the wave of hate at that period. He was known for inciting hate. You know, there are certain people who are known for uniting, and that's their way of, of ruling people or, let's say, governing people. And there are people who are much more about hate and division, you know, a divide and conquer that the Romans kind of developed. Bibi Netanyahu is very good about it. It's not only dividing the Israelis, it's also tried to divide the Palestinian Authority with Hamas and supporting Hamas against the Palestinian Authority, trying to kind of like make sure that they're fighting so they can come together again and then be a threat to us. The only threat it would be that they can make peace and a two-state solution. But anyway, the idea is that a, that Rabin being assassinated kind of blocked the whole path towards peace. I don't know if in history there's a lot of people that one person died and a whole process uh, died with it. There are some people like that. It's the power of one, uh, what we call. Uh, then if you go back another Saturn return, another 29 years, you get, of course, to 1967, which is the Six Days War, which is when Israel conquered the West Bank, conquered Gaza from Egypt. And you have to recognize the fact that uh, if you think about what Gaza is, it's basically mainly made of 11 very, very rich families that are actually Egyptian originally. So up until 1967, it was part of Egypt. And people have to remember there is a border of Gaza with Egypt. Okay. So that's the Six Days War, which started the whole problem, or not started, aggravated the problem of the Palestinian refugees, their lands literally uh, being taken. Then, if you go back another Saturn return, you get to 1937-1936, and that is a, an interesting time if you look at history. That 36 to 39 was the Arab, the Great Arab Revolt in Palestine. The uprising consisted uh, with the peak of influx of immigrants, Jewish immigrants, some 60,000 at that time a year, making the um, a, amount of Jews, the Jewish population, under the British mandate, rise from 57,000 to about 320,000 people in 1935. So what happened is that the Arabs realized that the British are letting the uh, Jewish in, 
Jewzine, the Jewzine, and they started getting very insecure about it. So the government, the British government formed the Peel Commission, which recommended the formation of the Jewish and an Arab state. It called uh, for a small Jewish state in the Galilee and the Maritime Strip, like around Haifa, uh, Tel Aviv, and a British enclave stretching from Jerusalem to Jaffa, and an Arab state covering the rest. So think about it. This is, was a chance that they could have gotten their uh, homeland, the Jews could have gotten their homeland. Maybe it would have changed even World War II uh, outcome. But anyway, that is the Saturn return of what is going on right now. Of course, you can go back to the beginning of the 1900 and so forth, but I didn't want to bore you too much with history. But look at how the Saturn return is on spot for all of these things. Saturn return is strong enough. Anybody who's 27 to 30, 56 to 60 knows that, appreciates that. This is the most fundamental, or let's say this is the most important junctions in your life. But that's not enough to create the catastrophe that is happening right now. Here you can see the chart of Palestine that was born May 17, 1994. And what you see is interesting because the moon is 11 degrees, almost 12 degrees Taurus. I want you to remember that. Uh, sorry, uh, 12 degrees Leo. So Palestine is a Taurus and you have the moon in Leo. Now, interestingly enough, this is the chart of Israel. Look at this. Taurus. Munin Leo. So you have two countries or two nations, let's say, vying for the same territory, which is not that big anyway. Both of them are Tauruses. They need a lot of space to graze, you know, cows and, you know, bulls. But that's not enough. Taurus is a fixed earth sign. Okay, so where's the moon? Maybe the moon can help us. No, no, no. The moon of the two countries are the same. Leo, very prideful, very confident, a warrior, the Lion of Zion. Now you have two Lions of Zion. And it is in a fixed fire sign. So you have two, two nations, again, Palestine and Israel. Both of them are Taurus, fixed earth sign, with the moon in Taurus, in Leo, fixed fire sign. So no wonder there is fire in the land and there is an instinct to burn things, you know, on both sides. It's kind of eerie that both of them have the same thing. The second thing that's happening, and you don't have to be an astrologer to find it out, is the Chiron return to Aries. Every 50 years, Chiron, the wounded healer, returns back to Ares. Ares is war, identity, it's very tribal. Chiron is the one that in the Greek mythology that healed and taught all of the warriors, whether they were uh, Achilles or Hercules, all the who and who of the warriors, the demigods, the, the gods, were in training with Chiron or Chiron. And Chiron basically in ancient Greek mean hands and it relates to surgery. And that's why Chiron taught them how to play music, deal with herbs and fight. So anybody who wanted to go to uh, West Point, you know, the academy, needed to go to uh, Chiron and to his cave and to study with him. Every 50 years, he returns back to Aries, which happens to be the sign of the warrior. So it happened also in 1973, because anywhere you go right now, everybody is comparing what happened to Israel. It was caught off guard in Yom Kippur War. It was a failure of intelligence, a problem with the government, even Golda Meir, that the movie came out this uh, summer about, which is kind of auspicious and kind of synchronistic, also uh, took responsibility and basically resigned. So everybody's comparing it to Yom Kippur, not only because it happened 50, day, 50 years to the day, but also because of the similarity. And that was the last time that Israel was literally uh, fighting for its life. So Chiron in Aries returns every 50 years, and it happened in 73. Like we said, Egypt and Syria caught Israel un unaware, leading to an Arab offensive in the Sinai and Golan Heights. But again, you're talking about Chiron return. 
And again, the good news is that out of, after all of this terrible war, we actually had Saadat that was leading the uh, Egyptian come to Jerusalem and sign the peace treaty. And uh, we also had a change in the government and the direction of Israel. So there could be something out of all of this catastrophe and pain that might mean some light at the end of the tunnel. Now, if you go back 50 years before that, you get to 1923, May, 20, May 15, again, Taurus, 1923, the British recognized the, the Hasemite Arab dynasty as the autonomous state. This eliminated the Jewish national aspiration. So that was a big shock for a lot of the uh, um, Jews at that time, 1923. So it is interesting because that is another very important, let's say, development in the history of the Middle East, again, every 50 years. Uh, Chiron represents hand surgery. Now, it's interesting how the above and the below come together. And I was talking to a lot of my friends from Israel, in Israel, from around the world, here from in LA also. And I was, we were all sharing how there was one video in social media that really caught us. It already got into the main media, the main uh, news media as well. And that was a scene when uh, Edith Silman, which is the environment minister. I mean, she's not really environment minister because she doesn't care about the environment. She's just a minister because they had to give people in uh, Bibi's Netanyahu's uh, government just some kind of bakshish. Like, okay, you be this minister, you be that minister. Uh, she's actually known for not believing that there is um, a, a climate change. But anyway, she's the environmental minister, and she uh, was going there with another one of her underling, and they went to Asaf Harofe, like uh, it's basically a, a very famous hospital in Israel. And she's suddenly being hackled or confronted by the visitors until one doctor, we're talking about Kiron. Kiron is the wounded healer. So think about that. Suddenly one doctor came and started screaming at her, driving her out of the uh, uh, hospital, saying to her, you ruined this country. Get out of here. Now it's our turn. We're in charge. We'll govern here. Right, left, a nation united without you. You've ruined everything. And it's really interesting because... We saw a lot of videos, a lot of terrible things, a lot of babies uh, killed, a lot of uh, rape. But for some reason, this video, which is not as gory, everybody felt like a catharsis, almost like this guy is speaking our tongue. This guy is communicating what all of us are feeling. This government messed everything up and that how they ruled for nine months, it's the birth of a demon, what's going on right now in Israel at least with the government. So the way he communicated, this Kiron, this wounded healer, this doctor, this person, the way he communicated that so out loud and how she left, he literally was like in the picture, I forgot what that painting is of God expelling Adam and Eve from um, uh, heaven and they're walking there out of it in shame. That was how she left uh, that hospital. And it actually happened also to the economy uh, minister in Israel, Neil Barak, who had the same issue with angry crowds when he tried to visit uh, the Sheba Medical Center in Tel Aviv uh, to meet the injured people. Now they're trying to kind of look responsible. Uh, the same thing here. Uh, one of the members uh, confronted, do you understand where you brought us to? The men asked, can you see what is happening to us? So these videos of this Kiron wounded healer is really interesting how, again, the above and the below mix together. So one of the things that um, is also a, 
Another thing that is happening, again, another cycle, is the nodal return. The nodal return happens to everybody every 18, 19 years. It happened to you at the age of 18, 19 when you had to decide uh, what you're going to study in university, your path, your career. Uh, a lot of us became uh, alleged, alleged to vote. So 18, is a very, 18, 19 is a very pivotal year. It also happened to you when you were 36, 37, 38. It's another, Kieran, another nodal return. And it also happened to you when you were around 59, 60. So there is what you can see a convergence of a lot of um, returns. Returns basically means that instead of having one planet in your chart, you have two of them, one after the other. They return to their place. So nodal return is associated with the north node and the south node. Again, last time it happened was 2005, 2006, 86, 87. A, a nodal return is the north node returning back to Aries. And when the north node is in Aries, it's always super important for the Sumerian, the Babylonians. North node in Aries is the most uh, important thing, especially zero, zero degrees Aries, uh, which we're going to have closer to the end of 2024, beginning of 2025. But still, north node in Aries, I am. Remember, we talked about it, war. South node in Libra, letting go of peace, not being able to connect to peace, no diplomacy. So in 2005, what happened? That's the last time. Well, that's precisely when Israel, we talked about it, disengaged from Gaza. And just to be clear, Bibi was in the government when that happened. He was the Minister of Finance, and he five times voted for that. So if he now says that that's the reason why it happened, some of his ministers are saying that uh, it's because, it's not because of us, it's because of them in 2005. You see, they're returning to, quote, 2005, because nodal return, Saturn return, Kieran return, makes us return to that period as if we're living it again. In 2006, what happened is the Hezbollah, that is, again, another terrorist organization in Lebanon that's supported and uh, banked by um, Iran, delivered 4,000 missiles to the north of Israel. I remember my grandmother, even when she was alive at that time, she came to Israel in 1936 from Poland, and she said she never remembered that amount of rockets, even in the War of Independence, uh, that fell on Haifa. So it was a pretty traumatic thing that happened back then. And uh, in Israel, we're more concerned about Hezbollah than necessarily Hamas because they're more equipped and they have more funding. Now, it's really interesting. Tom Friedman, in the last uh, week, in his opinion on New York Times, I always recommend his uh, writing. I think he really is uh, very clear and he loves the Middle East. Uh, he's very connected to Palestinians, very connected to Israelis. In 2006, he writes, Israel essentially responded to Hezbollah and telling them, you think you can just do crazy stuff like kidnap our children, uh, our people, and we will treat this uh, as a little border dispute? That's what he's saying about 2006, right? We may look Western, but the modern Jewish state has survived as a villa in the jungle, which is how the former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak described it. Because if push comes to shove, we are willing to play by the local rules. Have no illusions about that. You will not, uh, you will not out crazy us out of this neighborhood. Okay. So the Israeli response, he says, was so ferocious that Hezbollah's leader, Hassan Narsala, said in a now very famous interview in August 27, 2006, with the Lebanon new uh, TV station shortly after the war ended. And what he says, and you have to listen to this, we did not think even 1% that the capture of two Israeli soldiers would lead to a war at this time and at this magnitude. You ask me if I had known on July 11 that the operation would lead to such a war, would I do it? I say no, absolutely not. So he basically confesses that because of the very harsh um, 
retaliation of capturing two soldiers, two only, now where there's 160, uh, from Hezbollah and the war in Lebanon, that, that he would not do it again. And I think that that's one of the reasons, again, no the return, why in Israel a lot of people are drumming the, uh, the idea of going to war and, uh, and doing as much damage as possible. So this will be a deterrence for next time. If you go back one more to 86, 87, you get, of course, to the first intifada, which again, North Node in Aries, I am. It's when the Palestinians asserted their identity and again started throwing rocks and creating their, uh, drawing attention to their plight. And the other thing that's happening, because that's not enough, is the uh, Black Moon return. The Black Moon return is interesting. I just started learning about it through this war. So again, uh, astrology is something you constantly, constantly grow with. So in Hamas chart, uh, it has the Black Moon conjunct the moon in Leo. Now that's again, with the moon in Leo, we said Palestine has it, Israel has it, Hamas has it in their chart. Each one of these entities, Israel, Hamas, uh, the, the Palestinians, uh, were born in different times. They have different charts, but for some reason, all of them have the moon in Leo. Again, fixed fire sign, an instinct to burn, an instinct to talk about my will. But the issue with Hamas, unlike the Palestine chart or the Israeli chart, is that they have literally an absolute conjunction of the black moon on top of the moon. Now, the black moon, Lilith, is an archetype in psychoanalysis. It's associated with the original loss, the expulsion from the Garden of Eden. And in this case, in the Hamas case, of course, in the Palestinian case, not Hamas case, it is losing uh, the territories where their fathers and, and, and ancestors grew or, or lived. So it's definitely a very personal thing. Now, the moon always represents um, the people in a, in a chart of an organization. So the people are kind of squashed there by the black moon. And the black moon is all about abuse. It's about insecurities, about um, being misunderstood. It's a shadow, the suppressed emotion. And in the Jewish mythology, the black moon or Lilith represents the, the uh, demon or the mother of demons that snatches babies. And think about what happened now with Hamas of them doing something that was even ISIS didn't do uh, is kidnap uh, children as hostages and killing children, you know, so and babies and everything has to do with vengeance. So it's really acting out that black moon on top of the moon. And then I said, if it's acting out so much, when did it happen last time? And then I found out it's happening every nine years. It even in your chart, it happens every nine years. So suddenly you had this terrible uh, squirmish with your mother-in-law. The, the, the mother-in-law could be your Lilith. Then maybe the origin of it is nine years ago or 18 years ago or 27 years ago. Basically, it's uh, 21 years ago. It's every, sorry, it's every nine years. So the idea is that last time it happened was 2014. And in 2014, war and behold, we had the Gaza war, the last time that Israel invaded in there. It's Operation Strong Cliff. And in June, it was the birth of ISIS. So everybody's comparing now, including Biden, and they did it on purpose, of course, to compare ISIS with Hamas. They were really um, very much connected because they share the black moon. Then August 15, if you go back a time uh, before, we talked about it. It's when Israel pulls out of Gaza. And the last uh, return that is happening, I know there's a lot of returns, is the Jupiter return to Taurus. Now, again, we talked about Israel and Palestine being Taurus. Jupiter moving into a Taurus, into your sign, makes you feel 
much more confident than you are, more complacent than you are. Jupiter is there on my side. I feel great. Yeah, but it's happening to Palestine and it's happening to Israel at the same time. So that's what made them all feel that nothing's going to happen. Everything's okay. But in the other sense, it also could help at least until May next year when Jupiter is in Taurus to maybe um, rebuild or maybe eventually get some kind of a solution, especially if it's a solution that has to do with some change of values of attitudes and uh, finance. So like we said, a, a return again and again and again, all of these returning of the black moon, a return of Jupiter, return of Saturn, return of Chiron, return of the nodal uh, return. Again, Quite a lot of returns, and I hope it makes sense for you and also that you can apply it practically in your own life uh, because now that you understand the cycles a little bit better. So again, the book is out, um, The Astrology of 2024. Uh, it's built, like I told you, a manual for a pilot, so I made it a little bit more fun, a little bit more fun for me to write, and I hope it's more fun uh, to read. And it is talking about uh, the first part of the book, of course, is days that are very important for you. The second part of the book is more about the trends that we always talk about. And the third is for every sign and rising sign what's going on uh, this year. Again, thanks a lot. I pray for uh, peace and that everything will be calmed as soon as possible and not drag the rest of the world and the rest of the solar system into a conflict that is super, super dangerous during Pluto transition from Capricorn to Aquarius. So thanks a lot. And um, I'll see you probably on the 28th. I hope that some of you guys are going to come. There is, a, I put it on the chat. We're going to do the past lifetime regression on an eclipse. So I think it's going to be very much um, quite a lot of uh, fun. Let me see if there's any questions uh, that I see. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for asking. A lot of people texted me and, and, and emailed me and sent me good vibes. Thanks a lot. So far, thank God everything is okay with my family. Um, we have, of course, members of our family that are uh, drafted. The, everybody has to do that in Israel. So we are worried about them. But um, there is not a single person in Israel that doesn't know somebody that were abducted or died or know somebody that knows it. It's like the, the, the there's no six degrees of separation. There's maybe one degree or no degree uh, of separation from pain. So thanks a lot and um, have a good week as much as possible. <laughs>